0: Uh, It's also like piss poor sales training. I kind of equate it to management, right? And I'm sure you've experienced this and I'm sure you've had clients say this, that nobody wants to hire employees and be a manager because they probably had a really bad manager. And then they don't want to do that to somebody else. Sales is the same. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. They're like, oh my gosh, I've been sold to, it was awful because they had piss poor training I don't want to do that to somebody else. So then what happens, it just perpetuates this cycle of avoidance rather than just actually learn how to do this properly.
1: Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by- Success. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Sex desire is the most powerful of human desires. When driven by this desire, men develop keenness of imagination, courage, willpower, persistence, and creative ability unknown to them at other times. So strong and impelling is this desire for sexual contact that men freely run the risk of life and reputation to indulge in. When harnessed and redirected along other lines, this motivating force maintains all of its attributes of keenness of imagination, courage, etc which may be used as powerful creative forces in literature, art, or in any other profession or calling, including, of course, the accumulation of riches,
0: Napoleon Hill.
1: Welcome to the little blue pill for business where it's all about getting it up and keeping it up. And yes, we're talking about revenue and profits. We know it's all about the six inches between your ears. So I interview some of the hottest people in the industry that are blowing and going so that we can help you get some action. So if you enjoy a little tongue in cheek and not just physically, you are in the right place. Today, we are jumping in bed with my most amazing guest, Amanda. Amanda, thank you so much for being here with us today.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm blushing from the intro because I only just, <laughs> I only just caught the little blue pill reference. I was like, is this a matrix reference? And I was like, oh, I'm blushing. Michelle."
1: <laughs> nope. Oh, I caught on. Oh no. I love it when people have no clue what they're getting themselves into when they do this. It's like, Hey, <laughs> you,
0: I love <laughs> jumping into things, having no clue what I'm getting myself into. It makes life interesting. Right. It is.
1: So give us kind of the highlight of who you are and what you do for business.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay, so uh, I've been in online business since 2010, so I'm geriatric and I need a little <laughs> blue pill. <laughs> <laughs> um, And I I've done a lot of things, but long story short, I spent eight years as a financial marketer. So I did content marketing for financial companies which was cool because I learned a lot. I learned about SEO. I learned about blogging. I learned about podcasting. I learned about video. I learned about how to do 25 TV and radio interviews in a small studio for a client in four hours. So I learned, it was like, um, I learned a lot. I learned how to pitch. I learned how to get media. It was, it was a lot of fun until it wasn't so fun anymore because I couldn't scale the business. And I also started having some value conflicts because I was like, oh, wait a second. So what happens when you work in finance is you realize the system is totally messed up and that you can follow all the rules and still get screwed yeah, and get nowhere. Was-
1: <laughs> and that's so hard.
0: I was like, I was like, "Mm, I need to make a transition. So people had been asking me, well, how did you build the first business? And I was like, well, I'll teach you for a fee. (laughs) And I started uh, Persuade to Profit um, back in 2017. And in two weeks, I made more money selling that program than I made freelance writing in like six weeks. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. Doing
0: old school sales. So like people are like, did you launch? I'm like, I didn't even know what that was. I was sending emails and picking up the phone and sending text messages.
1: You were connecting with people. It's called talking to I was to them.
0: actually, <laughs> yeah, I was actually talking to people. Um, what? I know, right? So we've been doing that since 2017. And we became known as one of the best female sales trainers, particularly for women, because I pretty much had to go learn from dudes and then I had to translate for myself and translate for my audience because men and women have been conditioned totally differently. And um, we have some of the same blockages, but there are others that, depending on how you were conditioned, just show up in totally different ways. And our our clients would get insane results. And the reason they would get insane results very quickly is because we actually taught sales. So it wasn't just like marketing and manifesting. It was like, here's how you close a deal and here's what you say to close the deal. Here's the psychology of what's going on in a sales conversation. Here's how you handle objections. So basically all the skills that no one had taught them up until that point, which is a little mind boggling to me, but I've also been in sales since I was 20. So, you know, I just been exposed to it earlier. And then more recently, which is how you and I connected Um, once, you know, we would get our clients to like, I don't know, $250,000, they'd be like, I need team, I need team. And I went through this where I was like, man, I really need to start duplicating myself because this is getting a little crazy back here and, um, life be lifing. So I, I started going, I basically built systems for ourselves, but from the sales perspective. So, um, in, in online marketing, what happens a lot of the time is like, oh, send your five autoresponder emails, and people are just going to buy stuff from you. And you know, people are realizing it's not 2016 anymore, <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? So the, the, so the days of the email go gods are are gone. Right. I mean, I
0: still make sales off of emails, but it's with a different just, strategy. Yeah. Right. But the whole like people skills side of things, text messages, video emails, um, uh, phone calls, things like that. I added that into our systems and now we help our clients kind of figure out what's going on with their sales systems so they can run like Ferraris and then they can just plug in sales team because I'm sure you've witnessed this. It's a lot easier to plug people in when you already have an engine going.
1: Yes, it is <laughs> so, much much easier to get people in the back of a fr- well, not the back of a Ferrari. It's really hard to get people in the back of a Ferrari. It's really easy to put them in the in your <laughs> expensive Ferrari than it is to get them in a go kart when you have no engine. <laughs> no
0: yeah, society. and of course, this is all lessons learned the hard way and course, baptism yeah. by fire. So,
1: <laughs> well, we're I was starting at the beginning because I think there's a ton of things that people need to understand in that because I still hear people saying really silly things during sales calls and like yeah don't ever say that again <laughs>
0: Just, oh my gosh like I have probably hate it when i'm going <laughs> to tell you
1: this but i'm going to tell you this it's like don't don't no yeah <laughs> Just,
0: yeah yeah I'm you sorry. know it's interesting the level of it, i did a post about this the other day i was like we have really regressed in people skills <laughs> right what happened in the last 10 years <laughs> like what happened um and you know in sales in particular the way that i see it is that our egos get in the way. Uh it's also like piss poor sales training. I kind of equate it to management, right? And I'm sure you've experienced this and I'm sure you've had clients say this that nobody wants to hire employees and be a manager because they probably had a really bad manager and then they don't want to do that to somebody else. Sales is the same.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Yeah, they're like, "Oh my gosh, I've been sold to, it was awful." because they had piss poor training. I don't wanna do that to somebody else. So then what happens is just perpetuates this cycle of avoidance rather than just actually learn how to do this properly. Um, And also humans have a tendency of wanting to avoid hard things and uh there's a lot of hard things in business where you just have to put in the freaking reps. It's funny because people will will see athletes, right? And they'll understand, oh, athletes need to put in their reps. They need to go to the gym, they need to train, they need to practice every day. Uh there's an understanding that you don't get six-pack abs in 5 days. I would venture to think most people realize you don't get <laughs> six-pack abs in 5 days although we do have clients who came from the fitness space and they're like you'd be surprised amanda <laughs> how many people I, I know people want them and i know that people are eternally
1: optimistic that it could happen but really the only people that have hot abs in 5 days are the people that have worked to have Hot abs in five days for the last five years,
0: <laughs> and it's hard and it sucks, and that's why most people quit. Sales and making money is the same. There are areas where it's hard and it sucks, and us humans like to avoid hard, sucky things, except me because I'm a psycho, and <laughs> apparently, and um, then they wonder why they don't get anywhere.
1: You may be a psycho, but you're really good in systems. So you. <laughs> and not sales, I'm good at both. <laughs> oh yeah, that too. <laughs> Well, and and I completely appreciate that you can take what you're doing, look at what works and go, oh, okay, we'll make a system out of this because I don't think, well, I know a lot of people can't do that. And even the people that have an aptitude for it don't necessarily do it. So um, kudos to you, one and two, (laughs) like how do
0: you do that? (laughs) Rabbit holes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So really interesting. Uh, one, I think there's a level. Okay. So I have a very interesting, unique story where I didn't realize, first of all, I needed systems, right? Like my life was lifing. My dad was in and out of the hospital. I was going through, um, I was talking to him. A... We were both on her summit a couple weeks ago. She was talking to me last week. She was Amanda a year ago. When you were working with me, you were in a state of PTSD because basically I'd had my first six figure month in the business. My dad was in and out of the hospital. I ended up triggering a ton of ancestral trauma because my family fled the Cuban revolution and I was playing it out in my business. Long story short,
1: right? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds fascinating. (laughs) Just saying. It is.
0: It is. So like, I'm going to try and compress it. I was going to say, I hope you're going
1: to put it in a book because that sounds awesome.
0: I've you been know. talking about this on podcasts and people are like, this is like the most fascinating thing. And I'm like, Oh, I learned the hard way. Like one of my big massive business blocks was that epigenetics is real. So a lot Man. of the trauma that I was playing out didn't happen to me. It happened to my parents, grandparents, and great grandparents. So my family's from Cuba, they fled the Cuban revolution. Uh, uh, Cuba's a communist dictatorship. Fucked up system. Um, And this was in the very beginning. And I had family members who had to flee the country or they were going to be killed because of their jobs. I had family members who were political prisoners because they were journalists. Uh, We we had family members who were lawyers, doctors, you know, just like middle professional class type thing. No one was super wealthy, like the Bacardi's or anything like that. Had to literally leave, start over with nothing. You know, like imagine going to law school and then you show up in the United States. It doesn't mean shit, right? You know, uh, we had some real estate in the family, uh, particularly farmland. My mom remembers the day, the Cuban government knocked on the door and took it all away.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't
0: belong. Yeah. It doesn't belong to you anymore. It's ours now. Um, you know, i recently learned my great grandmother and my father's side had some real estate in Havana. So she had started as a seamstress, grew that, got herself a few pieces of real estate in Havana, all gone,
1: all
0: gone. Uh my dad was put on a plane at the age of 11 by himself to the United States to get him out so he wouldn't be forced to join the military and sent to some guerrilla war. Um my grandfather on my mom's side had to work 3 years of hard labor in sugar cane fields in exchange for an exit visa. He was also put in prison for owning a pig. Brutal. Brutal, brutal shit, right? Yeah. Um it totally is. but I But I grew up in Miami where everybody's got a story like that. So I was like, just constantly in this environment where this is totally normal. And I was hanging out with my childhood best friend over the weekend, telling her what I went through. She goes, oh, girl, (laughs) I'm going through that now because we're the first generation in the United States. So now it's, it's like we're adults. We're in our 30s. And it's like, whoa, like there's generational trauma. There's generational PTSD. So anyway, I start being very successful. It triggered all of it because I literally felt unsafe and like there was a target on my back mm-hmm. and sabotaged my way out of it.
1: <laughs> well, and, and in today's insanity, you're, you're kind of lucky that it wasn't really because there are a lot of people that actually are manifesting it to the point of it's going after their business again. Like it's insane.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would do stuff like clients from hell bills. Like I, it was like my brain shut off. Right. Aww. And I, it like went offline. Like I couldn't, like, I knew what to do. I had no will to do it. And I was mm-hmm. waking up to panic. My panic attacks were being triggered and it made no sense. But anyway, our mutual friend helped me through that. And in the first 25 minutes of our first session, she's like, did you know you have survivor's guilt and PTSD? And I was so confused
1: because I'm like, I haven't described yeah, anything. <laughs>
0: I haven't really like, I mean, typical immigrant grew up in, you know, not the, in a lot of financial insecurity type stuff, but, um, she goes, you didn't, your parents and grandparents did and you were around it all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. So anyway, Then I became, so through that process, right. I Mm -hmm. had to deal with that, but then that opened up a whole other can of worms. It's like all my unresolved trauma all came up at the same time. And that's how I actually ended up in systems because, uh, one, I was like life be lifing. And I need something that runs like a machine Mm
1: because I can't
0: function right now. So that was number one. And then, uh, number two, uh, I was interviewing someone for my podcast about a year ago and she noticed that I kept calling myself lazy. I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I want to optimize this, but it's because I'm lazy and I don't want to do stuff. I don't have to do and She goes, Amanda, you're not lazy. You're hyper efficient. Right. <laughs> I, I like, would never call you lazy, but I kept calling myself lazy. Do you mm-hmm. want to know why I kept calling myself lazy? Because I was called lazy my whole life. Yeah. Teachers, parents, jobs, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge awakening. And then Mighty Mouse was born, which is what our mutual friend calls me. And I was like, (laughs) oh, my God, now I'm going to systematize and optimize everything. Nice. And it became became a little bit of an obsession because I realized it was a superpower. But my whole life I'd been conditioned to believe that it was a hindrance and there was something wrong with me i think it's fascinating
1: that the thing that people are ashamed of and embarrassed by and whatever by and put down is their superpower for like i i have yet to see a case where that's not the case
0: yeah well i just discovered that in the middle of a trauma response because all my shit came up (laughs) um So that's how I came up with that. And then, you know, so that was me personally. But what I see with a lot of people with clients and things like that, it's just a lot of codependency with their clients. Mm -hmm. And that's That's a whole bunch of worthiness issues and all kinds of stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think too, that they, they set it up during the sales appointment and they don't even realize it. So your marketing can be done one way. But as soon as it comes to that sales appointment, especially if it's the uh, the owner, the entrepreneur that's doing it, um, that all comes flooding in, especially if they're writing the scripts or doing the thing. It's like, you just kind of look at them and go, wow. Like, so give me an example of some of the ones that you've come across. Bad sales. Oh my God, girl, we could be here forever. (laughs) I hear a song jingle in that bad songs
0: (laughs) or, or bad sales. Um, oh, I saw this one the other day. Right. So one, this, this is, this is stuff going down in the DMs and text messages. Right. Because here's a, one thing, like people are getting sold into this, like do high ticket sales without sales calls. Bitch, you're selling in the DMs. If you can't close them on a Zoom or a phone call, there's no way in hell you're doing it in the DMs where they're more distracted.
1: All right
0: just put in the damn reps, like just decide to master something. Um, But so marketers are playing to the fact that people are afraid of other humans, or they keep telling introverts that they're broken and shouldn't be talking to people. Right. And I'm like, they're just trying to get your money. (laughs) They're just like going in on your insecurities. So I guess that's more of a marketing than a sales thing, but that's, that's a couple I've been seeing that have been really pissing me off. (laughs)
1: well yeah and for sure those ones can piss you off and they piss me off a lot because i get a lot of people that'll go oh be careful of good marketers it's like dude you're a good marketer (laughs) people should wait be careful of of
0: good marketers why
1: um well if they have the good marketing but they don't have the fulfillment in the back end
0: Oh, oh, okay. 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 All right. Yeah. So yes, that's, that's also very true, which is also how I got into systems because I started getting, um, asked to possibly go help some sales teams of some seven figure business owners and things like that. And I realized their systems were a disaster. So they would like blame their teams. And I'm like, but you're a mess. And I don't want to touch this with a 10 foot pole. So I was like, what is the step before this? So right. that was the other way the reason because I I, you know, saw behind the curtains what was going on. Um, but like really bad sales stuff, God, um, it ranges anywhere from this I understand at least, because people just don't know any better. But somebody says, like, oh, you know, um, can you send me more information? And rather than like realizing that's bullshit, they've already Googled you or they wouldn't be talking to you. Um, that's just cause they don't have skills, right? Like they don't understand the psychology of what's going on. So I wouldn't call that bad sales. I would just call that. I don't know, like mm-hmm. ignorance, bad sales would be like, um, Oh, here's a great example. I was on the receiving end of bad sales by someone who ran a sales agency. So what happened was I was looking for sales support. This was in 2020. I was overwhelmed as hell to your point about having a, being a good marketer and having a lot of leads. More leads doesn't always solve the problem. <laughs> now yeah. more leads will solve my problem because nice. now it's a math equation. Cause I have a machine in the middle and we figured out the fulfillment Nice. back then. Not so much. So I was like going crazy, desperate, looking for sales support. Cause I was overwhelmed and I had been put in contact with a referral. They ran a sales agency. One of these, like you hire the agency, they're closers. I have since come to the conclusion that most of those are bullshit because if you want, well, a, cause I have the conversations in my DMS about people complaining that those guys get 4% close rates and only last 30 days. And two, because at some point you have to decide to run a real business. And sales is just one of those things where like, you need to have a very close eye on the team. And there's like training every day. Mm-hmm. If they're not internal, you're not going to get that. No. And you need to train them on your methodology and your business because they're representing you, right? But that's a big level of responsibility. People are afraid of understandable. Anyway, this was before I had come to that conclusion. And I was talking to this agency, but I started noticing red flags. So then the first two minutes, right there, they were basically like, okay, what do you want? So I started explaining, okay, this is what I need. I need business development. So that's outbound. Cause you know, I come from a sales background. I know how to do outbound sales if I have to. And then we also need, and they didn't even let me finish. And they're like, oh, well we don't do that. And I was like, what? Right. We only do, we're professional inbound, whatever. And I didn't say this, but having a sales background, I was like, oh, so you take orders. <laughs> yeah which means you don't actually know sales. So if someone, if the market's going to shit and there's uncertainty in the marketplace, none of your people are going to know how to deal with that. Or uh, if I need someone to actually know how to find some fucking leads and build a business, none of your people know how to do that. So you just want me to hand over leads and then they take orders, but they're not actually well-trained. That's what I was thinking in my head because again, sales background. Um, and anyway, I didn't say that. I was like, okay, well, I didn't finish. Then I start going into it. And then literally it's like five minutes. It's like, well, I don't think we're a good fit to work together. Like basically telling me I'm wrong instead of trying to fix my problem. And I'm like, how the fuck do you run a sales agency? Like you're literally breaking all the rules. Um, and then I was like, well, do you have a referral? No, I don't know anybody. I'm like this is real fucking oh well here's where it gets really good Michelle they were like I don't think we're a good fit to work together and I said oh it's cool neither do I yeah. oh Michelle they did not like that right but <laughs> <laughs> bye okay thanks and then they start going into what I call peacocking mm-hmm. right which is like well you know, this is why we're so great and like we work with like seven figure businesses in the space and I was like I don't give a fuck like clearly by this conversation none of y'all know sales and they're probably a disaster or just have so many leads that they don't even, they don't, it doesn't matter.
1: Well, it, so, it, and it, it hurts. It hurts me because I think when when somebody can understand and capitalize on real outbound sales, real inbound marketing that's working and, and uh, getting qualified leads in, and that you have the opportunity to be able to have an order taker take the orders, but then transfer kind of the ones that aren't just kind of an easy transaction. Hey, you have some questions you have to ask, some decisions you have to make. Great, why don't you talk to our you know, our other people, and this is great. Like understanding the difference between marketing, <laughs> service, sales, this, this whole process. And I don't think that you can grow into a sustainable business without understanding all of those components, how each one of them worked and putting into place a, a strategy that allows you to be able to maximize on all those fronts at the right time and place in your business.
0: Right. Right. So I was just had a meeting with my team this morning. I'm like, cool. Like there's a hole in the system, right? There, We got to troubleshoot what's going on. Right. Cause we should be seeing this result. And I want to, you know, 10 X this on the front end. Cause that's my job now. Did the automations break? What's going on? Let's just troubleshoot and see what's happening. But it's that constant conversation. And that's what I'm saying. You're not going to get that from some agency of closers. It's just not going to happen. Because they don't work for you. And they're sharing you with like 15 other people. Why would I want a fraction of a salesperson? It just doesn't make any sense. I want a whole ass salesperson, not a fractional salesperson. (laughs) I love it.
1: Well, and I know that there's... So talk to me about kind of... what. what um state of business somebody's in when they're going, like clearly they need you versus the tactics of, you know, more Facebook ads and or whatever's.
0: You know, it's really interesting because even with our sales training, like how to talk to people and handle objections, we're getting a lot of six-figure business owners. I'll tell you why, because they got to six figures based on their personality in an easy market. But they never actually learned how to handle objections or anything like that. And now the market isn't so easy. So we're actually getting a lot of people who got to a quarter of a million, right? But there's no like actual sales process and there's no real understanding of sales skills.
1: Dude, I know multi, multi-million dollar companies <laughs> that have no sales structure. Well, and send them my way, Michelle. Right? <laughs> um, it, it's fighting. They just, they don't have one in place. It's just like, oh yeah, Dave's been in sales for 20 years and he does his thing and Mike's doing his thing and... You know, they just kind of go and do their thing and they don't realize how much more money can be garnered when they have a system that works.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's also the amount of money they're losing, right? So there's also that. Um, And then for system stuff, obviously we've noticed they're like at, you know, low multi six figures. And at that point, the way that you work has to change. And listen, I'll have resistance from clients on this. I'm sure you've seen it. Right. I'm like, listen, you the, if you keep going the way that you're going with the business, the way the business is structured, you need to start taking yourself out of trading time for money. Uh, I, I don't, like I don't work with a lot of agencies. I'm sure you know more about that with the done for you. But I, I was very clear I was not doing shit for anybody. So <laughs> I did that for eight years. I'm done. <laughs> and I'm like, you're smart. Y'all can figure it out. Like my clients are smart. They don't need all the hand holding and for me to be doing things for them and so on and so forth. Um, So, so agencies, I could, but even with an agency model, like maybe you need to hire people or have more efficient fulfillment. So the owner is not constantly in the weeds, right? Because it's like, you're going to hit a brick wall if you keep going the way that you're going. And that's where I see a lot of the resistance to systems, automations, taking yourself out of the business, hiring people. It all usually comes together.
1: Yep. Or they think that just kind of putting them in the sweat locker works better and it doesn't work that way. So I know I that don't... our listeners are going to want more from you. How do they start their journey with you?
0: Uh, you can go to my website, com. That's E-L-L-A. You can also just find me Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all the places. Just Google my name. I'm there. Awesome.
1: And we will of course have all of Amanda's links in the show notes. So scroll down click on the links, go find all the goodies that she's got for you. So awesome. And of course I have to ask you, so how do you get it up and keep it up in your business? And of course I'm talking about revenue and profit.
0: <laughs> mm. Mm. I was thinking something else. I was thinking like, oh, you mean like excitement, like my creative juices and yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, honestly, it was by systematizing everything that I was doing manually. And then now I just get to have fun all day long.
1: Nice. I love that. And then you get to have your juices flowing all day long.
0: <laughs> all like I was telling my team too. I was like, literally like content idea, content idea, content idea. Con- it's just like, after it felt like it had died for like wow. two or three years.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Amanda, you've been absolutely awesome. Any last words for our peeps?
0: Hmm, any last words for your peeps? Um, just do the fucking hard thing, people. (laughs) Right? Whether it's building the systems or hiring Michelle or, you know, putting in the reps for sales. I mean, where you are right now is already hard anyway. So to get to where you want to go is gonna be hard. Just it's hard either way. Just just go in the direction you want to go in.
1: (laughs) Do the reps. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. You've been awesome. I appreciate your time and I know how valuable it is. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec, your mistress in business. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and invite your friends. We love having multiples and partners and friends. Keep the community growing. We love it. Thank you for listening to the Little Blue Pill for Business podcast with your mistress in business, Michelle Nedelec. Why are you still here? Go to littlebluepillforbusiness.com and get your goodies. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it with somebody else that you know would enjoy getting it up in business after you subscribe to the podcast, of course, so you won't miss any future episodes. Now, check the notes for links. Oh, and only tell your wife if she's into this, you know, entrepreneurship. And I'll see you both on the other side.